Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is the show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. Your 2021 division winners here. We got the Rays, Giants, Astros, Braves, White Sox, Brewers. In that was basically oh, that wasn't quite in uh, in win total order, but close. And then you have the people, the team that got the the shortest end of the stick, the Dodgers, 106 wins, and <laughs> <laughs> gonna have to play in a wild card game. That's fun. Yeah, yeah. You'd love it is so funny. Love to see that. Then you've got so then you've got uh, right Dodgers, Cardinals, and uh, Red Sox and Yankees, which we predicted for the record. We did. Well, it became pretty clear that the Cardinals were going to grab the other wild card seat. Yeah, we don't we don't know how the wild cards are going. But let's pick the wild card games. Wow. You want me to go with my heart? I that's what I want. Well, I want. Yeah. Do I want the Cards to win or do I want the? Do I want the Dodgers to lose lose in one one game playoff? Probably, <laughs> but I I would probably guess if I had to guess I would say the Dodgers and Yankees. And then if I was to be realist, if I was to be heart driven, I would say give it to the teams in red. Give it to the teams in red. Are the Astros the evil empire this year? I mean, are the Astros the most hated team in the playoffs? It's a playoffs. It's a playoffs roster that includes the Dodgers, the Yankees. And the Braves, who some people still don't like because of their, you know, TBS affiliation wrecking. And the Red Sox, quite frankly. Well, that's a good point. The only reason the Giants aren't on that list is because they've been so hapless for a few years. I mean, they have won that not that long ago. But historically, people don't like the Giants for moving. So well, that's it's, true. And they, yeah. So a lot of really hated teams here. Are you upper Midwesting it then? I mean, White Sox and Brewers, are they, are they the least? Rays are obviously the least hated team in this in the playoffs because who cares because who cares? can anyone really feel anything exactly for the exactly so they have to be the least hated team then brewers and white Sox, just because they're mostly inoffensive i guess probably brewers because Brewer, they're really inoffensive. brewers are least offensive yeah. yeah white Sox did win one with a very offensive coach if you recall <sighs> good point 16 years ago at this point though that was before I still remember before it. daniel craig started being james bond i I had similar thoughts about about that as well. Wow. We'll discuss. We'll have to. We'll start pinning everything to Daniel Craig, James Bond era. When uh, true, yeah. After we see the movie, okay. I mean, the world was very different when um, <laughs> Pierce Brosnan was James Bond. I mean, it it really was. It really was. Let's pop over to football. Very disappointing weekend. We picked Burnley over Norwich, Chelsea over Southampton, Arsenal over Brighton. Two of those were nil nil draws. How great is uh, that? <laughs> Yeah, well, you you reminded me midweek, uh, Champions League, Europa. Yep, yep. Forgot that teams play on the continent, so uh, tired legs. <laughs> Burnley, Burnley played on the continent. Is that why they're tired? Mm, I'm not gonna. Well, Burnley, we kind of knew that we were. That was supposed <laughs> to be the wild card game, really. All right, looking ahead to this weekend, let's get back on our saddle. Okay, one out of three. You know, 
So we're still up on the season. That's fine. One out of three. Looking ahead to this weekend, I got four for you here. I really only have three. And then I have one that we sh- that the conventional wisdom would be to pick, but it's a little crazy. So, all right, here we go. Liverpool over Watford. Liverpool will get back on it. Brighton over Norwich. I think Norwich is really bad. And I think that Brighton is actually better than Burnley. And then more safe Arsenal over Crystal Palace. And then the crazy one, Chelsea, who we are picking to win it all, playing Brentford. We should pick against Brentford. This team is doing so much better than it has any right to be doing. Than it should. But mm-hmm. could they could they win a shocker against Chelsea? Yeah, they could. The, no, I don't think they can win. But could they draw? Yeah. This feels, I, I mean, this is a game that Brentford would be more than happy to draw. So they could yeah. easily go in, try to play this to a draw. Clamp down. Mm. And that's Chelsea's problem is that sometimes they they... They get in these defensive battles, and they play down to their opponent. So I gave you four. Um, pick pick your three. Well, I do like Brighton over Norwich. <laughs> even though... Very good. Even though Norwich held Burnley to zero. You don't like Man City over Burnley? I love that, but it feels unfair. Liverpool over Watford. Wow, we're going to go back. We're going to... That's going to be the first one in a while that we've, we've, we've picked Liverpool. I just... It's been so up and down since... Yep. Okay. Today on the pod, you asked me if we could revisit the bet box. We had, at the end of the season, appropriate time. We have quite a few things in there. And actually, it's going to be basically empty after this. So we got to start looking out for future things to add. But here we go. We're going to go in forward chronological order by date that we put these in the bet box. Unbelievably. Some old ones. Yeah. Unbelievably. We have two. From, from podcast 4.21, well over a year ago. Uh-huh. It is time to resolve these. Freddie okay. Freeman versus Jose Abreu head-to-head. We picked five categories. <laughs> plate appearances, average, runs, home runs, RBI. I need to know, what were you thinking? You picked, you picked Abreu. I had Freeman. Wow. Were you thinking injury? I mean, because Freeman gets... Um, I mean, Freeman got 695 plate appearances this year. That... Well... Abreu has wasn't terrible, quite honestly. In all of these, I really would, that was sort of a pick on that team. I, on the, um, I mean, look, Abreu, sure, home runs is thirty-one Freeman to thirty Abreu. That could easily flip. Um, Abreu wins RBIs going away. Freeman wins runs going away. So the difference maker here, in my opinion, is average. Mm-hmm. The average, yeah, Freeman kept it up. Um, I kind of thought that there was going to be a, I really. I was playing the Braves regression, which they did. They they did this year, but it wasn't Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman continued to do what he does best. Yeah, that he did. And it almost hurt, actually it almost hurt having Acuna gone because then he was batting lower in the batting yeah. um batting order. So, okay. And then uh last other one from 4.21, Hector Neris, 1.2 whip in 2021. This is insane because he ends the year with a 1.17. I picked the under, so I got it. But I this is gonna this starts a trend, which is we set remarkably good lines on a We're bunch. We're pretty of close these, to it on a bunch. Mm-hmm. I mean, of all the whips that one could possibly pick to put the <laughs> to put the over under at one point two point oh three, and he was he was working on trying to get get over that one point two this week. <laughs> he did his best. He did his best. He did. 
All right, we finally made it to, we're in uh, now in season five here. Uh, we have two guys that we talked about in depth in 5.0, Aaron Nola and Tim Anderson. And we did these all separately, actually, which I feel kind of bad about because we're going we're gonna <laughs> to rack up some points here. But again, with the lines, Aaron Nola, 224Ks, you picked over. He hit 223 this year. Son of a... That's why I asked One you. More, that's why really? I asked you if he had another start because I, when I looked last Wednesday, he had two twenty three, and I was like, "Ooh, <laughs> that's close." Uh, but uh, lesson learned. Also, we should pick. We need to pick halves on these integer quantities. Well, we know. We we know that though. All right. Well, I got that one. Uh, three point three five ERA. Well, he had a four point six three. You picked the over, so I'm going to go ahead and give you that one. Nice. Uh, then. We set the line at 1.13 whip. If you look on any website, they will tell you that he finished the season with a 1.13. But if you go and do the calculation, which I had to do, it is a 1.129. Wow. <laughs> I was so like, I've got to do the calculation. Uh, and wow. then somehow we actually both came down on the same side of this Aaron Nola 13 wins. We both set it over right. and he had a nine. So... Yeah, nine. So, what's your takeaway? I mean, you actually, I'm. I mean, despite the fact that I won two of the three that were decided, I think you actually had the theory of the case correct for Aaron Nola this year. I was, and for most of the season, I think he was actually he was on a high, he was on a really good K per inning rate. He was on a really poor ERA, uh, ERA, and his WHIP actually was staying pretty steady. So um, that was the big piece. He would. He would have these terrible outings, and then he'd have a really good one, and then he'd have a terrible one. So he kind of just was able to lower that um, near the end, the, the whip piece of it. Yeah. Wow. And then uh, the the wins. I thought the team was going to be better. Quite frankly, I thought this was this was going to be the year, um, and they they weren't. So if you're talking about an eighty win team. An eighty win team isn't going to have many pitchers who are over over thirteen wins. And Zach Wheeler took that this year. Yeah. All right, the other guy that we talked about at length, Tim Anderson. Um, I did trade him during the year. This one's an interesting one. Uh, just we picked we picked on the five hitting categories just in advance. You won this one. I made you pick. Uh, so average three hundred five. You picked uh, the over. He had a three hundred one. So I taking that Tim. one. I mean, pretty good again. Theory of the case: twenty two home runs. You picked the under. He hit seventeen. So you got that one. Sounds about right. 104 runs. You picked the under. 94. Got to give you that one. 64 RBIs. You picked the over because it's tied to a later one. Uh, but he only got 61, so I get that one. 16 stolen bases. You picked the over. 18. And then we had one kicker. Tim Anderson bats in the first. Bats first in the order in more than half the games this season. You picked the under, mainly thinking injuries, I think. But he batted first in 122 games this year which was every single game that he played in nice so i gotta give you that one so again despite the fact that we tied 3-3 on this i think you had the theory of the case right i mean a couple things breaking differently if i had the numbers if i had if i was a little bit better on on getting the line in a place where i wanted it to be because if i had said 60 on the rbis and over I would have been good, but you had a little bit of an argument because, like, yeah, I mean, I guess 61 62 makes sense. Yeah, I think, I mean, but I didn't have the right, I, I guess I didn't have the right 
mode of getting there. I assumed that there was going to be someone was going to step up, Lori Garcia or I'm blanking on name. Eloy. Um, not Eloy. Um, what is the center fielder that they had? Who was never mind. To, I I didn't think that they were. I thought that Tim Anderson was going to prove himself. Oh, Adam Eaton as a high Adam Eaton. I was thinking that they were going to be pushing him down to second so they could have him second, Eloy third, and then they could have Abreu fourth. No, that that theory of the case works perfectly, and that's and then you're it just didn't happen. And then you're absolutely nobody right stepped up that he goes under 104 runs and over 64 RBIs. Yeah. And it just didn't quite pan out that way. I mean, the other stuff is pretty, the other stuff's pretty good. I mean, I, again, so we tied on that again, good lines. Yeah. Three and three. So we are currently yeah. sitting at, I have seven, you have four. You got to pick it up here. Son of a, I have bad news for you. Oh, here's the one. <laughs> uh, David price. You assured me. 22 starts. Oh, he's totally getting the over. I said, there's absolutely no way. He is a consummate reliever. He started 11 games this year, which honestly is more than I thought he was going to get. <laughs> but it became pretty clear. It became pretty clear by the end of May that he wasn't going to be able to hit it. And you, you were dead on there. Um, yeah. I mean, if, if I had pushed you on, on your assurances that he wasn't going to start any games. Oh, I you, you, you could have won that one. This is again a, a line setting issue. Like you could have done, you could have pushed me on that one. I should have. Yep. Okay, fair enough. But I, yeah, I was, I thought that he was going to be filling in a on the starts, and I thought that it wasn't going to be the whole season. But I thought that he was twenty two, and then I didn't. How about this, Jordan Alvarez, Astros? Uh, apparently stalwart now. Five hundred plate appearances. I took the over. Five hundred ninety five. Killed it. Had the theory of the case. Uh, somebody that I did not have the theory of the case on, Jorge Soler. <laughs> you, yeah. You just... No, he took a step out. Oh, uh, you killed me on this one. You killed me on this. Jorge Soler, we had a 251 average and a 32.5 home run. That's... I confidently took the over in both of those, which is crazy. After he switches to a midseason trade to the Braves, I thought I would have this going away. Mm-hmm. 222 mm-hmm. average... And 26 home runs. Come on, man. Jorge. So you got both of those. Easily. Easily. No questions. Somebody else. uh, Another guy we had three things in the box on. Xander Bogarts. 22.5 home runs. 99.5 RBI. 300.5 average. You took the under on home runs. Over on RBIs. Under on average. Which I don't understand the theory. You're going to have to explain that to me. But he had 23 home runs, so I win that one. And a, re- a paltry 79 RBIs, so I also won that one. But his average was only 295, so you got that. But talk me through, I mean, I don't understand, I don't understand your picks on home runs and RBIs. What, do you have a, did you have a theory of the case here? Um, yeah, yeah, I had a, I had a theory. So, and it, and it's like complete, yeah, it was completely wrong. Um. <laughs> I I thought that they were going to adjust and have him be um, third, which was fourth most most of the year. In which case he would have one and two up, but that he was going to take a step back on his power. Um, but you would always have people on base, and they would be scoring. And I did kind of, and part of me, part of me thought um, that what what ended up happening was going to end up happening, which was that they were going to get their runs from 
one through five, one through four, or one through five in their lineup, and then it'd be like just chicken shit the rest of the way. And so that was about right. And I thought that Xander was going to take a step back on the home runs, and it was going to get most of his from from just batting in people, just nice, nice doubles all the way everywhere. And I, I pretty close. I mean, what one? And then you're like, wow, way to go. I, I mean, again, this this is really the one where I texted you that we should set lines <laughs> because one home run. Yeah. One home run really made a big difference. And then the RBIs piece, I don't, he was on pace to be a far eclipse, a mm-hmm. hundred RBIs. I mean, it's, it's kind of, year. it's kind of a funky ratio, right? Cause it's, it's almost a, a one third ratio, like 23 home runs, 79 RBIs. That's not good. Yeah. Like that's not, that's not the kind of ratio that you, that you really want. No. You'd like to be hitting no, no, no. more runs, batting more runs in without needing homers to do it. Okay, so that was actually that brought us up to the bet box check-in that we did last time for episode 5.07. And then we stuffed the bet box with a few more things after that. In 5.07, shoot through a couple here. Matthew Boyd, you assured me, or I picked actually, K, K's per nine of nine. I said under. I was actually surprised by this. This was not my gut what I thought he was going to get. 68 Ks in 78.2 innings. That is good for a 7.66 K per nine. That's pretty bad. Yeah, he had a poor year. He's He was hurt a lot of it, so that might be part of it. But I think he was trying to change his approach. And that I think he was trying to change his approach to have a better, to be a better pitcher than strikeout pitcher. And yeah. um, I think that both got him hurt and also hurt his K per nine ratio. Another guy that I wasn't expecting, uh, it was Joe Musgrove. I We set the line at 12.5 wins. I generally think that guys are going to underperform their wins, except, of course, for the Aaron Nola case, apparently. Joe Musgrove, 11 wins. Again, uh-huh. pretty good line. Pretty good line. So I got that one. I don't know what that... Is there much to say about Joe Musgrove? He just kind of had super pedestrian year. He had a no-hitter, he had a no-hitter and that's why we talked about yeah. him. And I don't think that he... That team, that whole team under... under um, underproduced from that point on alex reyes 15.5 saves you could have pushed me way higher on that i picked the over 29 saves i didn't think that he was gonna say i i didn't think that them to be in that role i don't think and i don't think I thought they that do. gallegos made a lot more sense to be in that role i mean they and they spent they have spent a lot of money and draft capital on him being a closer <laughs> i mean he's now he's yeah. like by in terms of team resources, he's got to be one of the most expensive closers. Yeah, whatever. We'll see what he does in the playoffs. Probably blow up. It'll be hilarious. Doesn't matter. Hmm. I can't keep him. <laughs> We're good. Uh, <laughs> another one. Miles Straw. I didn't do this one right. Two fifty three average. You picked the over two sixty two. I don't. I didn't know what to make of Miles Straw. Five hundred sixty four bats. Yeah, one hundred fifty eight games played. Four home runs. <laughs> I mean, 86 runs, 48 RBIs. I mean, you picked 30 stolen bases. You picked the right. You picked the uh, the right category to to bet on. (laughs) I think. Yeah. Like everything else, there might have had closer lines, but I I don't know. Whatever. I don't know why I set the line there. Uh Um. All right. We got a few more scattered ones around here. This one's not not really a bet box, but something worth checking in on. We said we we threw out some low range keepers sleeper keepers if you will in 5.14 we agreed on freddie peralta trevor rogers and cedric mullins um, and then we disagreed on 
couple others. What first of all, what do you think those first three? Mullins, fine keeper. Nothing wrong there. Yeah. Trevor Rogers, Freddie Peralta, little more iffy. I think Peralta's keeper status is gonna depend on what he does in the playoffs, actually. It, I agree. I agree. Because he was on uh Freddie, not David. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um I mean what a great year, uh, but 144 innings is, is what kind of steps out at you, but that's because he's a kid, so they don't they didn't want to overtax him, and that division wasn't really in doubt. So um, they had a really good they they had a really good plan with him, pitched really well for them, team did really well. Um, yeah, I'd have him next year. I'd, I'd keep him for next year. And then your other two guys, would you keep either one of Kyle Tucker or Alex Verdugo? <sighs> How many keepers are we keeping? I mean, this, this is just a hypothetical scenario. I think you basically make an argument for either one of them. I would tell you that I wouldn't keep either. Like ten. I wouldn't keep either one of the guys that I listed. So, Brian, Brian Reynolds, Brian or Reynolds, Brian McMahon. I, yeah, I, I think Kyle Tucker is the one in there that's like, mm, yeah, maybe. I agree with. He's that. got a lot of the stats that you want. He, he's nearly he, he's getting close to the 100 130 100 and um 10 mark with a almost 300 average so if he if he just increased that a little bit he would be he would be in clear keeper te- uh territory i mean we're not we're not getting out any points for this but it was reasonable prognostication i think kyle tucker is fine i think i think you yeah. i think you were the best i think you bested me in that predictive game if you thought that Brian Reynolds was going to go to a real team, well, ex- exactly. I mean, that was if that was your if that was part of your theory. Then I think that it would have been made, made sense. Brian Reynolds on any team that isn't the well, whatever, whatever. All right. Uh, also in five point seven, this is not really a bet box, but we I wanted to mention this. Walker Bueller, two hundred innings pitched. We both said he was going to get over that two hundred two and two thirds. <sighs> Nice we did work, it. us. Surprisingly, only four guys made it over 200. I was actually a little surprised by this. Wheeler, Wainwright, Alcantara, Bueller. We're going to have to discuss that. Because we projected this back Wainwright. in... Wainwright. I know. We discussed this way back in episode 5.11 when we had a lot of guys on track for over 200. So I think there is some, some good revisiting to do there. But basically, in 5.11, we said most of these guys are going to fall off the pace. Walker Bueller, we think, is going to make it over 200. I'm actually pretty happy with how we did. We're about right. Yeah. Okay, pretty happy. Good. I don't think that I, if I probably said negative things towards Wainwright getting over 200. I don't know. I should reforecast him for over 200 at that point. Uh, all right. 5.17, we we guessed saves <laughs> on the, for, for particular guys versus the field on Minnesota and Seattle. And we had this clause void if they're traded. Mm-hmm. Twins and the Mariners promptly went and traded Hansel Robles <laughs> and Kendall Graveman. So the bet was void immediately, very early. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we did technically put that in the bet box. In episode 5.20, we did a long closer redraft in the midseason. And I went through and grabbed the CBS rankings and Roto ranked the guys that we picked based on the CBS rankings. It's actually pretty remarkable how close we were. I barely pulled it out. But, I mean, I really, I really can't believe how well this drafting went. Like you picked. Did we, um, 
Oh yeah, and we talked about whether we wanted to do it st- category stats, right? We did, and we picked we picked uh, we picked ranking at the end of the season. I mean, this one is this one's got to be a, a basically near as makes no difference. I mean, you had the top two guys of Leon Hendricks and Rafael Iglesias, nice. and then I had yeah. Kenley Jansen and Josh Hader at three and four, and then I just sort of was basically. I mean, do you attribute this to me having wow, the top Jordan overall Romano pick? pick. What was that? Your Jordan Romano pick and your Ranger Suarez pick are what? It's the Ra- the Ranger Suarez pick is the clear MVP of this. Yeah. Of this for me. I got Heath Embry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I balanced last. I balanced out. You got Heath Embry who is the worst pick in the draft, but you got him last, so whatever. I got him last. I picked Taylor Rogers. Poof. <laughs> A little early. Yeah, my Brad Hand pick was also uh, not good. Yeah, there's some some interesting ones here. I mean, neither was my Matt Barnes pick ahead of your Brad Hand pick is pretty laughable. Richard Rodriguez, obviously, that was atrocious. I mean, do you yeah. do you think Chad Green, who you're highlighting right now, is your best late round pick? Well, that's I, maybe. Yeah, I, I, late round is halfway through the draft. But Paul yeah, Sewold, I, I did Paul Sewold, who actually Emmanuel Classe. I mean that one. If you listen to our discussion, okay? I swore up and down. I don't care about Car and Shack versus Clace <laughs> and. Clay's class A or Clace ends way, way, way above card check. So I was yeah. very obviously wrong. wrong on that front. Yeah. Well, okay, you got me. Fine. You got barely. Me. Barely. Wow. That really is pretty darn close. Anyway, some good stuff to look at in there. We may have to figure out a way to post that. And then episode 5.23, last one that's resolved. We had an interesting one here of Alex Calame versus Kyle Finnegan, where we bet on saves plus wins. ERA and K's to whoever had two of the three from August 10th. Now listen to these stats. Alex Colomay, 12 saves, two wins, so 14, 3.86 ERA and 20 K's. Finnegan, eight saves, one win, total nine, 4.35 ERA, also 20 K's. So K's are a push. Also 20 K's. K's are a push. ERA, honestly, I can't believe that it went that way. I thought that Colomay would. Colomay was blowing up a lot. I thought Colomay yeah. would get saves and wins, and just I thought I was going to lose ERA, but it turned out Finnegan was actually even worse. Don't know how that happened. <laughs> he and he was doing really well to start, and then just he yep. just he, well the team is terrible, so that's part of it. Yeah. Okay, so I got that one. The only thing that we have in the bet box now is Jake Cronenworth. At an over/under of an 89.5 ADP, I picked the over, aka worse. We so anyway, we'll just to say, we gotta put stuff in the bet box going forward. So keep stuff in mind. Yep. Let's work on that. That is a good. That was a good check-in, but we gotta replenish. Uh, oh, and, and in case you're keeping track of the scores, I ended with 16 wins. You got eight. Sorry, bud. We gotta. Wow. Yeah. This is. Uh, yeah. I was off this year, so I gotta hope that this year I can. I mean, again, again, you say that, but. Some of these were really close. <laughs> like, it was close. I can't believe it was, it was how close, really close some of these lines were. This calibration. I needed some calibration. I think that about brings us to the review session. Jose Iglesias. Jose Iglesias, who is now on the Red Sox and will not get to participate in the playoffs, as we discussed uh, right before we got on the Poor call. Guy. But let me give you his, his season totals so far. I'll give you the full season totals for, for uh, 2021. I guess this is he's done. 137 games, 511 plate appearances, 65 runs, 9 home runs, 48 RBIs, 
five stolen bases, 271 average. I mean, you can see why the Angels dropped him. Yeah, well, didn't, yeah, not really, not really much to talk about there. Uh, older than I thought. I actually, you know, pulled this up and like, whoa, he's he played in MLB games in 2011. Yeah, he he was he was the big the hot shot um, defensive guy that the Red Sox were really excited about. And then he's just struggled to put together like full full season playing times. He's never played more than 146 games. Yeah, no one really wants him to actually be playing that often. He's very good defensively. He was he was very good defensively, but not enough to and. High average, like look at his average over his career is great, but like no power. Yeah, no power, and he's not. He's not taking a lot of walks. I mean, you can see what his problem is. He's one percentile, first percentile in chase rate, aka the worst. Mm-hmm. He's gonna go up there and chase pitches like you wouldn't believe, and he never walks. <laughs> he never walks. So yeah, it's you're at the expense of walks. He's getting a couple more hits, which doesn't really actually help him. I don't know what to make of Jose Iglesias. I mean, I'm glad we're talking about him because he's going to be around next year. He's going to play for somebody. I don't know mm-hmm. who it's going to be. but As a defensive replacement, probably. But, I mean, yeah, we keep talking about defense. Is he fantasy relevant? No. Okay. No, I don't think so. There's, there's, I, uh, yeah, there's I always so. going to be somebody better that you can own. I would, I would say so. Yeah, I mean, interesting this year. So he played a little bit at second, so he's gonna get. He might, in some leagues, get more eligibility. The thing that, but the thing that I don't understand is he's 79th percentile in sprint speed, and he's never stolen more than he stole 15 bases in 2018. Shouldn't he be? Well, he's not on base. He's not on base in play in a place where he would steal. Okay. If you're batting eighth in the lineup, it's not like you're stealing that much he played for those really good detroit teams though i that's what i that's where i think of him is on those like actual strong detroit teams was he in, oh 2013 was his first season in detroit they got him in they got when him in july i forgot when they were good oh yeah 2013 they were good yeah they got him in july they traded for him in 2013 and then he missed all of 2014 yep with stress fracture in both shins ow yeah he missed the entire season okay that's sad. I didn't actually notice that. <laughs> yeah. So seven years ago, that would have been a prime. It could have been in the prime of his career, and then he was finding his way back from injury in Detroit. I mean, he was he got an All Star nod in twenty fifteen for what for yeah. whatever you think that's worth. So he had a good first half of a season. Yep. Yeah. Right, and he never kind of came back after that. His stats, yeah, his stats were never his. His never average played. is materially different after twenty fifteen. Yeah. I also just don't, I don't think he looks like, I. he doesn't give me a lot to be confident in when you watch him. Mm-mm. No, you see, he's one of the guys, that, that's why we look at the random videos or watch him. When you see him up to bat, you're like, okay, maybe he'll get a single. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know how many more words we want to say about him. He's not fantasy relevant. I don't think he's a, I don't even think he's a worthwhile roster flyer maybe if he ended up on a good on a relevant team next year but it's not clear that even on a team that's in a big playoff push like the red sox he's not exactly converting opportunities here I mean, he only had no, he only had eight no, runs over the last month of the season you can't <laughs> you can't do that 
No, he, we needed more production out of him to be able to m- make him an everyday player. He's not, yeah. <sighs> I think that's all we have to say. Fair enough. Who are we doing next week? Well, I checked to make sure that he's actually played this year because we planned this super early. But we're going to talk about Andres Jimenez. Nice. Let's find out. He'd, he did him. actually play mostly at the very end of the season, which is great. Good. All right. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Sea. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is, we're select to you, buddy. We're select to you, too. Yeah.